We're talking about why Universal Orlando is asking guests some tough questions, more Disney closure updates, and could the NBA finish their season at Walt Disney World? That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's been battling boredom one bowl of Easter spaghetti and Golden Girls reruns at a time, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey! Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, another week of sheltering in place. This is like, this has become our weekly check-in with one another. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing okay. I think, uh, have you gotten your uh, stimulus check yet? We did. (laughs) We got our stimulus check. Confirmed. We're still waiting on ours. Oh no! Well, that's not good. Have you have you gone through the process of like checking in uh, in terms of the status of it and everything? Yeah, it looks like we didn't have the information. They didn't have our information, which they should have. But uh, I went and did that, gave them the information. Hopefully, I gave them the information, and I didn't get uh, fished by somebody else. But- oh man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> it just gets better. Well, did you, um, have you watched any, any more fun stuff this week? I wish I could say I did, but this week has been so tough for like watching stuff for me. Uh, mostly I've been getting more and more into, uh, last man standing, uh, show Tim Allen. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I see why it's so popular. It's, it basically is just a new version of all in the family. Right. Tim Allen is basically playing the Archie Bunker character. They even had a George Jefferson neighbor type character in it. <laughs> uh, so it's so it's it's weird, but it's also still topical. So I mean, I don't know. It for some reason has been appealing to me lately. Speaking to you. Yeah. Nice. These kind of openings for the show have have become the the uh, shelter at home chronicles, but we sometimes, yeah, it's, it's like a weird thing where uh, the days kind of blend together and you're like, where has my time gone? I feel like I should be having more time to watch the stuff I want to watch and do the stuff that I want to do. But it just all kind of slips away into this weird mishmash. It's uh, it, it is really strange. Well, these shows play well playing in the background while I'm doing other stuff and whatnot. Uh, but some some of these shows, like uh, if you look at a lot of the stuff, like Roseanne, uh, has a lot of stuff that really talks to what people probably, especially what we're going through right now, as far as uh, like you know being out of work and trying to make do and how we're going to pay bills and type stuff. But uh, right. Well, we we have gone the complete opposite direction in terms of kind of reality facing TV, and we um, we finally got to and started uh, the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. 
totally late to the party. I mean, we've heard so many people that we know kind of talk about how how great it is. And uh, and so we finally have started it. We're only like a couple of the episodes in. And it really is fantastic. I mean, if you're anybody that is into, of course, you know, the history of Imagineering, but also just the parks and kind of Walt Disney's approach to uh, storytelling and just theme park building and and just technology meets creativity. It really is a fantastic show. I mean, it it you know make no mistake, it is a total puff piece for Disney and their parks. You know, it's it's uh, it has very light touches on anything controversial, but um, but that's totally okay if you go in kind of knowing that it's going to be you know forty five minutes to an hour of just. Uh, of just really fun kind of archival footage and just really just a real slick presentation, then um, then you know you're in for a treat. So if you haven't seen it, Henry, totally totally recommend it. The the only reason that I haven't watched I think some of these other shows is that they definitely requ- I want to give them my full attention. And uh, one of the reasons I have been having problems watching stuff is I'm my attention is being taken away where I'm like trying to do some work or something like that. So, and I definitely, it's difficult to stream anything while I'm doing work since I need that bandwidth. I think they might be throttling me right now. (laughs) I've done so much downloading lately. I think, I think I read that like all of Europe is being throttled. So it's definitely possible. Yeah. Let's start things off on a positive note. I know that that when we've started the show lately, it's been kind of heavy hitting closure updates. But I did want to start things off on a on a on a slight uptick here. Uh, for a limited time, ShopDisney.com has brought back the Disney Bedtime Hotline. Now, this is a fun and more importantly, free service where you can receive a nighttime message from your favorite Disney character, and to participate. You just got to call one eight seven 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 M I C K E Y and select between Mickey, Donald, Daisy, and Goofy. The hotline is only going to be available until April 30th, though, so make sure. Hey, Henry, you got to turn off your phone, dude. Uh, that's not my phone. Oh, hold, hold on. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Oh, hey. you, Henry. I did not understand a thing that he just said. Something about vegetables and goodbye. I'm pretty sure he told you to eat your vegetables. I eat all my vegetables. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe that was a phone call for maybe he got our numbers mixed up. <laughs> but there's no mini? There was, did I not say mini? There is a mini. Mickey, Mini, Donald, oh, okay. Daisy, or Goofy. I might not. I must have I missed that. One. It's quite possible. Yeah. I was so caught up in executing the bit that I completely garbled the setup, so... Totally, totally possible. I don't know about you. I feel like 
with uh, with age, I have understood Donald Duck less and less. I was talking to Tristan about this last night. Like, I feel like I used to be able to totally get what he said in any cartoons or anything. And now, like half of the time, I'm like, I, I don't know what he's I don't know what's going on. I think uh, actually, I think in the uh, the new Ducktales, he's he's still pretty clear. Especially uh, every once in a while, they have uh, Don Cheadle uh, voice voice him, and he doesn't have that uh, garbled voice. It's a hilarious bit that they do in a couple episodes. Uh, and they literally go, "Has he been saying? Has he been saying these things the whole time?" So of course it's a it's a, a running joke on their end as well. But uh, <laughs> it's it was an amazing bit that they did in Ducktales, and I mean, but yeah, uh, that was pretty. That was pretty tough. That seemed more <laughs> garbled than normal for even for me. Perhaps it uh, it is, uh, yeah, recording the audio off of Google Voice on a PC doesn't help. <laughs> so, of course, we still don't have any idea on when these parks are actually going to reopen. However, we do have a couple of general updates. First up is that both Disneyland and Walt Disney World have altered their online schedules. So both parks have removed all theme park hours through May 9th. However... Uh, for Disney World's, hours return on the schedule on May 10th, but at Disneyland, they're displaying park hours as, quote, schedule unavailable until May 26th. Also, the U.S. Disney parks have provided the final bit of information for annual passholder refunds during the closure time frame. Last week, we talked about the two options that Disney is giving passholders, in which you can choose to either receive a refund for any payments already made while the parks are closed or just postponing future payments and receiving an extension on your pass. They also clarified that the default for pass holders paying monthly is the refund option, while those that paid in full will just receive extensions. Disney has provided contact numbers on each resort's website if you're not interested in your default options. So to be clear, if you want to extend your park passes expiration date and not get any kind of refund whatsoever, then if you're if you pay monthly, then you have to call. If you paid in full, you do have that option to get a refund for the time for all this time that the park is closed. Uh, unless you just want to be extended, and then there you go. So I've chosen to just be extended. I've already paid for my flex pass in full. I still hold that the flex pass is like the the best deal out there going for an annual pass uh, to the park. I mean, I think a lot of people would choose that, but I mean, it's it's going to be a tough call because I mean, even after they finally open, you know, who who knows what you know, your financial situation will be to, uh, to actually plan a trip in. So tough decision to make. So certainly the situation and the policy that they've come up with is not the most clear cut. Um, you know, you could tell that they're trying to do something because they were being given a, a quite a bit of backlash for initially not even giving a refund option and just, uh, continuing to collect, uh, and saying, oh, well, you're going to be extended, um, but, you know, you, you don't have an opportunity for a refund f 
for, uh, you know, this pass that you're paying for, even though you can't come to the park. So, you know, it's great that they're op- that they're offering that. I do think that whenever the parks do reopen, there is going to just be a ton of confusion in terms of uh, who got extended and who didn't. And because, you know, they're defaulting to just giving refunds, um, you can totally expect that there are probably people that aren't even paying attention to just all of the the various news and assumed that, well, I've paid for my pass already or, you know, whatever, these monthly payments are are happening, however they happen, and then they're going to show up and just be either confused in terms of why they didn't get the extension or they're going to hear about somebody saying, oh, everyone was extended, and they're going to be like, well, why wasn't I extended? So uh, it seems like this is this is going to just set up even more insanity whenever the parks do open, um, but... I mean, it, it. at the end of the day, again, to echo what we said last week, it's great that Disney is doing the right thing and actually providing uh, people their money back that did pay while uh, or did have a monthly payment that occurred during that period that the parks are closed or even just offering for anyone that paid in full the opportunity to not automatically extend and just get refunds back for that time. Because, you know, as you pointed out, it's a tough time for everybody right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get something up and running, but I think it's one of those things where if you do decide to, like, uh, do a trip after, you know, they reopen, you should uh, mind your P's and Q's and go in and definitely check to see the status of your annual pass before you show up. Yeah, yep, and it's, you know, this is this is getting deep into the hypothetical, too. It's like you could see a situation arise where, you know, depending on how they um, end up opening the park in phases or the actions that they take to kind of enhance general security around the park and or, or sanitization around the park uh, when, when everything does open back up, you can totally see it where if it is a situation where things open in phases or, you know, uh, capacity is is heavily restricted, which is likely, I would say, it creates, again, another situation of like, well, you're telling me that my part, my pass, my annual pass is valid. However, because you've restricted capacity so heavily, uh, I'm not able to get in on the days that I normally would. And, you know, again, that's another mess that has the potential of being created. So... I don't know how they're going to handle that because that seems very likely. It's it's going to be a very tricky situation to open everything up. I think that's something that we've definitely talked about heavily. And I think until they roll out a like a legitimate plan to do that, you know, it's it's going to be something heavy weighing on uh, everybody's minds who really want to visit the parks again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just all part of that general plan, right? Especially especially if, I mean, you know, you're getting into the whole idea of uh, with the passes, like it's money that I spent knowing that I would have a certain amount of days available to me, especially when you get into those lower tier passes where, you know, you're dealing with blackouts and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, if that's going to be altered even further then. Yeah, it's just going to be confusing. But, uh, you know, this is all in the future uh, when, of course, everything does open up. And, you know, hopefully this is something they're thinking about. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because, like, I mean, I always felt like, you know, one of those things is, like, you if you're an annual pass holder, do you get, uh, like, more, like, access than, say, somebody who just buys a ticket for the day? You know, it's... It, you know, should you get into the park if they're limiting people, but they don't? And it's just, yeah, it's going to be a tricky subject, you know. Yep. Well, and so finally, this one isn't so much an update as it is a crazy and amazing idea. But could the NBA finish their season out at Walt Disney World? This is something that Yahoo Sports Keith Smith walked through as a possibility and provided the following points as to why this would be a perfect fit. So first of all, ESPN's wide world of sports includes several full-sized basketball facilities that could be used. There There is also a ton of hotel space and rooms across the resort that would allow for plenty of space between individuals when they're staying there. Uh, there are on-site dining facilities that could be tweaked to offer NBA to offer NBA appropriate meals, and the full resort is already closed to the public and can easily be quarantined from the outside world. Also importantly, all of this would be in line with what Dr. Anthony Fauci recommended during this week when he discussed sports returning in the summer and suggested, quote, nobody comes to the stadium, put the players in big hotels, wherever you want to play, keep them very well, keep them very well surveilled, have them tested every single week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be nuts? Like it would be amazing. I mean, both crazy and amazing. I'm all for it. It, it does make sense. I mean, I mean, when you hear it and everything makes a lot of sense, but I think the only question I would have with that is that, I mean, when are they, when would you like run this? Because if they, um, I think like you would do it like it would have to be done almost like immediately because by the time if they wait too long then it'll almost be ideal just to open the parks themselves and that would be like it would make more sense for disney to open the park to the public than to just to the nba because then they're going to make more money off of that but if you did this like soon then that makes sense like you have the security and the ability to like really like limit people going in and out of these places but you and you have all the on-site facilities and everything that is needed for the players but i mean i think it winds up being like the longer you kind of draw it out the less it would make sense for disney to do that because i think they would rather open the park up to the public because I mean, there's yeah. people who really need or really, really want to go to the, the parks. And uh, I think that would just make things even more confusing and difficult. It's almost like that applies to any of these places that any of these sports leagues want to go or that, have, you know, that they've started to discuss, like, where can we play our season if not 
you know, in, in kind of spread out throughout the country for centralizing everything. It's like the challenge that they're going to run um, anywhere that they go is that, you know, it all is dependent on the timeline for reopening everything. And, you know, we've heard all sorts of dates and uh, as you know, clearly nobody knows when anything is going to open. We know that it's not going to be uh, this month. We know that it's probably not going to be next month. Um so, you know, it, it just depends. Like if they get if they get things moving so that at the start of May, uh, you know, they can start running playoffs and whatnot. Like, let's just say they, they go, hey, season's technically done. We're just rolling through playoffs. I mean, NBA playoffs last forever anyway. But uh, but, you know, could they fit in that playoff time period right before they they reopen the parks? And could they even use it as kind of like a a kind of like a slow roll up into uh, the parks reopening and them taking guests on just by having this, this kind of small controlled group that, uh, that they're moving forward with. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, if it, if it's looking like, you know, if they're not able to get things moving within the next few weeks and, you know, it's, it extends into like July, for instance, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder for them to do that because, of course, it's like the second that businesses are able to open for the public, they're going to do it. Would have been it, it would have been great for them to have this planned like <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but but I think, too, I think, as you pointed out, the, it could be either used as a way to not only uh, supplement some some of the like cast members who've been uh, furloughed get them back and making money and get them paid and stuff but also it's something that they could run while they're training the cast members with these new protocols that they may need to do but uh but i think too i think we need to like there's a lot of things that are are so are still pending and it's it's kind of a frustration i think for everybody at this point cuz like not only do the states but the federal government need to like come up with what is what is what does reopening look like and right, right now it i don't know if you know nobody has really rolled out any kind of plans on that yet and uh and i'm sure even though you know they will roll out something. I'm sure Disney will probably roll out something not just similar, but maybe even more strict just to make ensure that their, uh, you know, guests are going to be like safe uh, when, when they're visiting because yep. uh, that's the last thing they need. And I mean, guests need as well is to, I mean, you, when you're there, you don't want to have to worry about whether you're going to get sick or not. So it's going to be needed to keep people's mind at ease as they're enjoying their vacation, but also to ensure that, you know, not just ensure that they are safe as it is and don't bring home something to their families who didn't get a chance to, to take the trip with them. Yeah. And I mean, the other aspect to it, really is just from a business perspective, two of Disney's biggest pillars are theme parks and ESPN. And so making this NBA season, even if it's, you know, remainder of the season, 
even if it's a truncated remainder of the season slash postseason, because it brings in business to their biggest theme park and it helps ESPN because they could get ESPN involved in this. So we'll see. Wouldn't that be something though, man? Just be one of those cool things for the history books. Yeah, it's really very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Definitely something that the country could use right now. I mean, I think you would have probably your greatest ratings right now, period. Because, yeah, there's no other sports going on. And it's going to be definitely more impactful. And it's not going to hurt... Disney's bottom bottom line at all, uh, <laughs> for sure, and it definitely yeah. would actually get some uh, employees back to work, which I think the you know definitely the country and people need right now. So it's definitely a win win if they but they need to be moving on this right now. So yeah. two thumbs up, do it. So I totally buried the lead this week and saved what's probably the most interesting story for last. On Friday, InsideTheMagic.net called out a series of tweets by an account named All Central Florida, which included screenshots of a survey from Universal Orlando. This survey had been sent out to all annual pass holders and included 20-plus questions. Questions that give us the clearest insight into some of the hard choices that all theme park operators are weighing when it comes to determining what the new guest experience will look like. Henry, do you want to know what those questions are? Oh, yeah. I think inquiring minds want to know. Well, I've got them here. And so they're not all super juicy and informative, but we're going to go through everything, and we're just going to give our quick takes and opinions on on what this would mean and if this seems like this is reasonable or or kind of, you know, just pontificate a little bit. Um, so it starts off with, once state governments permit it, Universal Orlando will reopen. How likely are you to consider visiting if the park reopens following its pre-coronavirus standard operating and safety procedures? And the options are very likely through very unlikely. I wish I could see results because it's crazy to think that people would say, yeah, I'm going to come back to Universal Orlando just with the same old safety procedures. Yeah, it seems like uh, something that few people would actually agree to. But I'm sure there's people out there who say, sure. Yeah, fair enough. This is annual pass holder, so this is kind of this is more of the local population, but with you know, it's it's one of these things like how weird would it be if like Disney's being very hardcore about it at Disney World and Universal is just kind of business as usual. That would be really really weird. So, so starting things off by just testing the temperature of like do you even want to see any changes? Uh that makes sense. Um, And then the rest are just kind of one general question or one general um, piece of context for the remainder of the questions. So it starts off with, below you will find various measures that could help protect the health and safety of our guests and team members. We would like you to evaluate each of these measures by telling us how you would feel if it was implemented by Universal Theme Parks. How would you feel if Universal dot 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 And so the first question is, requires all guests to wear face masks. And the top 
option is this would make me feel more comfortable. And the last option is this would be a major problem for me. Now, is that, how would you feel about that? If they were like, you've got to wear a face mask coming to universal. Honestly, I probably wouldn't be too upset about it as long as they're providing the face masks. Uh, Cause not all face masks are equal. <laughs> And hopefully the face masks they provide are comfortable. Would it make you feel more comfortable attending, though? Yeah, I think so. Theme parks are already, it takes all kinds of, of, of guests. And you definitely, I'd say for the most part, guests are totally fine and reasonable and, and just kind of sensible human beings. But uh, guaranteed, you always have multiple guests usually, at least in my experience, that you come across over a multi-day stay where you're just kind of like, what is going on with you? Like, you are so gross and vile and nasty. Like, uh, so I just, yeah, there's always, all it's going to take is a couple of, uh, a couple of bad apples, right? I think we've all been there where we've seen that one person in a public bathroom come out of using the bathroom and then they don't wash their hands and you're just like, oh my God, oh, what are you doing? You know, it's like, how could you do that? But you know, yeah, so it's, it's best to just make everybody just do that. (laughs) And that way, at least you feel more comfortable. I've definitely been waiting on for a ride and have had somebody getting off of the ride and just like sneezing like crazy and uh and that has always been horrific it's just it's it's never what you want so i mean it seems pretty wild that they're going to have these uh you know some high-speed roller coasters with people uh with face masks on but yeah i mean the more we can limit that the better Speaking speaking as a non-Universal Orlando annual pass holder, I'm all for it. For sure. So the next one uh, implements touch-free payment for food merchandise and parking. I'm not such a... I don't have such a need for this. Uh, like, So I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I don't need it. So I guess I'm... I don't know if there's like a... Like a eh, in there for this because this would not i think this is on yeah implement this not because of health but because of convenience if they could implement you know a mobile payment for everything like that that would be great that's the way to go convenience wise that's great but i don't need it it's not it's not making or breaking your trip no fair enough uh here's a good one how would you feel if universal closes indoor attractions and shows i definitely would have a problem with this one yeah Yeah. this would be a major problem for me that's a no-go i'm not going to go to the park if your indoor attractions are closed yeah i mean i mean what you know when you look at that is like what does that all entail i mean most of the stuff uh, may have some form of indoor part to it, and you're not going to be able to be in there. So, no, I wouldn't want to go. If I don't want a half-hearted experience, I want the full experience. Uh, if I'm taking the, if I'm making the trip, yeah, totally. Now, would that would your opinion change if, like, let's say it's just if theater style shows are 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 closed? Nope. Still, it's a, still a no. No, I mean it's it's 
it's part of the experience. I mean, yep. you know, you want, I want all that. I mean, I don't want to go there and say like, oh, you know, you're, you, you'll feel like you're missing out, especially for something like Orlando, because people are probably traveling from maybe a distance to go. And this may be their first time, maybe their only time going to Universal Orlando. And, uh, you know, they're going to miss out on something. Nah. I mean, it should be, it should be open. It's it's one of those situations too of like, well, are you giving me a discounted price to go with my discounted experience? Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think uh, when we go to Universal's Hollywood, you know, we go to the the indoor shows. I mean, that's something that we expect to go to. So, you know, we don't just ride rides; we go to the shows. Totally. So how would you feel if Universal requires team members to wipe down vehicles slash seats between rides? This seems like, yeah, of course this would make me feel better. Sure. It's definitely something. Do it. Especially those, especially like anything that anybody touches and or grabs like handrails or seatbelts, that little, that yield, that little yellow tab that they ask you to tug like at Disney parks, like sterilize the heck out of that man oh for sure you know that's seen some stuff it's been in somebody's mouth i guarantee it <laughs> um how would you feel if universal limited attendance to 50 percent of park capacity i think that would probably that would be good you know i wouldn't have a problem against that just as long as i can get in of course you know, the, <laughs> such a good point. i wonder i would just wonder how you would uh allow you know how do people know <laughs> if they can get in or not yeah right and that that goes with so the next question is how would you feel if they limited attendance to 25 percent of park capacity so that means like 75 percent of the people that normally would be able to show up would be turned away um yeah it, even more so there right you're like well if i'm that 20 25 percent that's in that's like ideal Sounds great. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no waiting, waiting for anything now. You Beautiful, know. man. Yeah. 25% seems pretty insane. Like, I'm trying to think of any of these theme parks, Universal or any of the, these Disney theme parks, with only 25% capacity. The closest, the closest experience I've had to something like that is going to Hong Kong Disneyland um, last year. It's a pretty, I mean, Hong Kong Disneyland is known for pretty, it's just like a low attendance park in general. Um, they're doing a bunch of stuff, building, you know, a new frozen land. They have this new, uh, they have a new Avengers area that they're going to be building up. They're doing a complete redo of the, of the castle, um, all to kind of juice attendance, but it's always been kind of a troublesome park in terms of, in terms of getting those attendance numbers that they're hoping for. But, um, but it's built to be kind of like a normal capacity kind of park. So it's, it's, it was pretty strange to be walking around and it not be super crowded. And it was really strange, especially when you're going through some of these rides that they've built that are incredible. And you would expect like anywhere else, any other Disney park or Universal park, it would be slammed. Like those queues would be full. And they've built these queues to have those major, you know, full capacity. But at Hong Kong Disneyland, for whatever reason, it is like empty. 
So, you know, Iron Man experience has this huge queue throughout the entire day. It was just, you're, you're spending, you know, a ton of time just walking through this massive line. Uh, and there was like a five minute standby wait. Same thing with, uh, Mystic Manor, which is like one of the greatest Disney attractions that you could find anywhere in the world. It is a five minute wait time with this massive queue that you just breeze through and, uh, and, you know, I was able to ride like Mystic Manor like five times in a row in less than an hour. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I guess the one thing that I could say that this sounds a lot like uh, the Transformers ride in uh, uh, Universal's Hollywood, where it has a huge, huge queue. And you actually spend probably more time walking through the queue than actually in the actual line itself to get on the ride. Because yeah. it's just, it, they expected so much for that ride and like nobody rides it. Or yeah. at least they rode it once and they said, yeah, don't need to ride that again. You do kind of though, I mean... I. I don't want to go too heavily heavy into this uh, this opinion because it it only goes so far. But there is something to just kind of that crowd atmosphere at these parks, where you know a a well filled park is is kind of a nice experience. Certainly not slammed. That's a terrible experience. But when you when you get to these parks, especially you know, some of the Asian parks where they're built for massive capacity, Shanghai, Disneyland, same thing. When I went there, it was like, it was on a low day and it just felt empty. Um, it's just a very strange feeling. Uh, and you forget just kind of how nice that park atmosphere with just kind of a lot of joyous other people is, you know, certainly on the surface, I would love it if you know, to be one of those, that, that 25% of park capacity that would be in, but, um, but it would be also, I, I feel like it would be a strange experience. Like you're, you're almost missing out on something, something, something a little bit special. Yeah. I think also the thing that I would be worried about if it's only 25% capacity is that, uh, would they have the same amount of like shops and restaurants mm. open at the same time because then they might start like shutting things down so you are possibly still will miss part of that experience and yes you definitely are correct in that there's still something to having like people around i mean because you know I still enjoy, like, we don't have children, but I do like to see the, like, expression on children's faces when they come up against something something new they're experiencing for the first time. Plus, I mean, what would it be like to be on, uh, say, uh, a ride like, um, you know, Buzz Lightyear Blasters and you're not actually competing against anybody? <laughs> it was like... totally. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, it'll be, I, I mean, I'm, I apply that kind of feeling to just how, whatever that park capacity is going to be, it's going to be a strange thing once we're all back into the park. And if they do limit capacity, which they probably will, it will be just kind of a little bit of a strange feeling. So yeah. the next one is how would you feel if universal eliminates self-served food options such as, uh, or in other words, team members would refill your beverages. So kind of like, self-serve drinks and whatnot. I actually, I think I would 
prefer to do self-serve myself because I don't know where they've been. (laughs) At least I have some control over myself. I don't have control over them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it, it realistically it probably wouldn't affect me at all. So, whatever. Not no biggie either way. Yeah, I'm well, I think what happened is in uh Universal's Hollywood uh I haven't I'm I don't know if they have this going on in uh, in Orlando, but you can buy a cup and you get uh basically you can get the free refills throughout the day at certain areas and uh and those are and they have those like uh coke uh mix uh special stations and uh so you can get the different flavors all the crazy different flavors and you know it seems like something like that would definitely be hampered if somebody else has to get it for you and it seems like it would also cause like uh, a, a bottleneck if you want to get something and get and go do stuff you're waiting in line for somebody to serve you and then you know what else yeah i mean i kind of approach that from the perspective of like this is a conversation that's going on for a lot of these cruise lines right now it's just like expect that when cruises get up and running the self-serve buffet is going to be a thing of the past um, i'm kind of there at least when it comes to refillable mugs because again i guarantee uh, most people are fine about this but it all it's going to take and you know that this happens is someone to hold their cup that they've been drinking out of all day right up to the nozzle and fill it until it's like completely full so that nozzle is submerged then you've got a problem i don't want any of that i trust in that case i trust cast members more than i trust guests true all right enhanced sanitation for example hand sanitizer stations everywhere sanitation wipes for all guests uh for all guest contact areas that again is like yeah that would make me feel better yeah, that'll make me feel better, and it makes sense. So just do it. <laughs> Strongly encourage all guests to wear face masks. So this is, rather than requires, this is just encouraged. Is there, would there be a difference between that if people were encouraged but not required? There is a difference because I think most of the times the people who should be wearing them aren't wearing them. So... You're saying if they aren't required, it would make you feel less comfortable. Yeah, just because I think uh, the problem is, is especially with the uh, with this uh, COVID-19 is that those people, you never know when you're contagious and when you have it. And it would just be better. Either you require everybody to wear them or you don't require them at all because yep. that one person who doesn't, who refuses to wear it is probably going to be the one who needs to wear it. Totally. Um, so with that, how would you feel if Universal required all guests to have their temperature taken and those with uh, high fevers or high temperatures would be refused admission? Yeah, I would be okay with that. Because if you have a fever, yeah, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, <laughs> you'd say that in general, right? Like even yeah. outside of even outside of this uh, coronavirus situation, it's just like, yo, get out of here! I don't want to get sick. It's just kind of a no-brainer. Just as long as the way they are taking temperatures themselves is like you know done safely and 
and correctly. They're not uh, they're not swapping a single uh, thermometer between everybody. Hey, I just you know we're doing this correctly. There's no like sticking anything in anybody's mouths or anything like that, <laughs> or anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> How would you feel if Universal suspends X-ray conveyor belts at security, so no longer? has those x-ray conveyor belts. I don't think that really affects me. Yeah, it seems... I mean, I guess the thought process there is that if there is... Well, everyone's throwing their bags and whatnot on that same belt, so I guess if someone has the infection or the virus and they spreads to the belt and then the belt gets your stuff, yeah, that seems... I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather them scan bags to make sure people aren't bringing in crazy things because you know people are bringing in crazy things otherwise. Disney doesn't scan your bags. They they just go through your stuff real quick, and I think that that works fine, and you you can kind of control the people who are going through it. You can't necessarily control the the bags themselves, although I would say they might have to you're going to see them having to go through different uh, gloves for doing that now. Dude, I honestly speaking of you're bringing up a point because I would, I would bet right now that they will no longer be hand checking bags and that every, they're going to be bringing in x-ray belts. Hmm. Uh, this is what they do in Disneyland Paris and is actually faster because everything just goes through that security belt and they don't stop each and every person to do hand scans. Um, but I, I, I would be very surprised if they still have a cast member digging through your bag with gloves because, yeah, to your point, changing out gloves after each person seems like you're going to go through a lot of gloves, man. I, th- I just think they need to like do like just technology as it is, is, is at a place where, you know, they can do this stuff quicker and more efficiently. They just need to update their tech you know, it doesn't really bother me if they still use the belts or if they don't. I mean, right. It, specifically for the survey, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't affect me. But I would, I would, I would want them to con- continue with the X-ray conveyor belts for, just for general safety. Yeah. So, how would you feel if they required all team members to undergo daily rapid COVID tests? which are results within 15 minutes. Only those with a negative result would be permitted to work. Sure. That makes sense. That would make me feel better. Seat guests every other row and every other seat for rides and shows. How would you feel if Universal did that? Every other ride, every other seat. It's great. That gives me more room. <laughs> yeah. This is, again, like taken in isolation. Great. If, if it means that, you know, uh, if it's going to make it so that I have to wait five times as long for a ride, maybe not, but in isolation, sure. Sounds fine. I don't want to be sitting next to a bunch of strangers anyway. Well, I think it makes more sense in the shows. Uh, I guess it depends on the ride itself, uh, like whether that makes sense or not. Uh, But uh, I think think it's a case-by-case basis. For sure. Um, how would you feel if uh, they required all team members to wear face masks? Yeah. That to me seems like, uh, yeah, I'd be all about that. Yeah, just do it. Especially if they're serving food. Sure. Yep. 
Um, how would you feel if they implemented social distancing practices throughout the park, such as six foot distance when queuing for lines, table spacing at restaurants or mobile food ordering? Mm. I mean, it, social distancing makes sense in some ways, but I think that's just so hard to kind of to do. But I mean, I don't mind them having it. it I mean, you, I do it as as much as I can. It just it just makes sense, and it's easier to do in some places than it is in others. Uh, this is uh, this is definitely you in in project manager mode. Uh, what you're in that you're thinking of the logistics of it, but let's just say that you know, let's just say that they came out and said, "Hey, we're implementing this process. You don't have to worry about the logistics. We're just saying, like, you know, we're for all of our ride queuing, we're doing something similar that you've seen at Target or at." restaurants or wherever where when you go to pick something up uh, or you go to queue in line that there are kind of marks on the ground that show you exactly where you need to be standing six feet away from the person in front and behind you like let's just say that from from a guest perspective that's that's how you would see this yeah that would that i mean that that's cool uh, but i don't think that makes me uh any like uh feel any more secure but i i do appreciate it because <laughs> right. i think the the great uh the the problem with that is that there's always that one person or the kids that don't mind that and they just let their kids run free and do whatever and they're the ones who are gonna spread that but i mean i appreciate them putting in that kind of stuff so that Whenever possible, I can do, I can practice social distancing. I do feel that in this current climate now, where it's been kind of ingrained into everybody that you need to be socially distanced from one another when you're out in public, I feel like if there is that kid that you're right is inevitably going to be running around and not being, uh, not following those guidelines, that now more than ever you're going to be you're, you're going to have people more likely to speak up and say something or at the very least man shirt uh, shoot some real filthy looks at the parents that are allowing their kids to do that because you know i've definitely seen people not you know uh, uh not following social distance while waiting in line to go to like the grocery store and they'll get called out uh, it's happened twice so far. People have gotten called out and just like, Hey man, can you step back a little bit? Like go back. Or, um, there was like a security person that said, Hey, you gotta, you gotta stick to your, your marker over there or, or whatever. Um, you know, I feel like it's one of those situations, at least with social distancing and lines at a theme park where it's, it, you know, the more people that do it, the better knowing that of course you're going to have those idiots or those people that, just kind of are, are, are shunning the rules. But, uh, but in general, if you have people that are kind of doing what they need to do, perhaps it's helpful. Maybe at least for me, it would make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, totally. Uh, I think the thing too, you wind up running into is you got, you got one spot, everybody, and you have a group of like a family of five on that one spot, you know, they're like, hey, well, we're on our spot, but you're taking up a lot more than 
six feet just because there's five of you. So I right. think it, I think it, yeah, no, I mean, it, I definitely would feel better if I have like the, the spots to stand on. So, but I think overall it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a theme park. So I kind of expect, I think I expect people to break that, but I, I like to have it it'd be good to be, I like to have it in place, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, so this goes with um, an earlier one, but uh, how would you feel if Universal suspended parades and nighttime show gatherings? Oh man, that's that's a tough one. I uh, I think I would still, I think that would be a no for me if if because the parades and nighttime shows and stuff that's part of the experience. So unless they can figure out something to replace that with. Uh, I think that would be a no for me. For me personally, it probably wouldn't affect me, but I totally get what you're saying. You're, you're again, going in with the expectation that you're getting that out of the experience. And if it's not provided, uh, then yeah, it's, it's, it's a big miss. So makes sense. Uh, how would you feel if universal required all guests to undergo a rapid COVID test? which is results in 15 minutes. And if you, and only those with negative results would be permitted to enter. So I'm guessing this would be after your X-ray screening, you would pop over, they would administer your easy breezy COVID test, and then you'd be put into a, a holding area for 15 minutes until they got results. And as soon as it came up negative, they were, they would, they would, they would let you in. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea, of it but it also seems like does seem like it would become a bottleneck and then now oh that's a tough one um yeah i think it's for me it's like i like the idea of it i like the idea of everybody other than me being tested uh but yeah i mean it it's like i guess it all depends on what that test involves but i guess here's a question then another way of thinking of this is like if everything is back up and running as normal where it's like hey it's business as usual inside but you got to take this test first would you still go on vacation or would you postpone it would that be a deal breaker for you i don't think it would be a deal breaker for me but Definitely, I would like some kind of insurances before I go through something like this that, like, I can get my money back if I do test positive for it. Because, I mean, definitely it's something that you could have and not know that you have it. Right. And at that point, you're going to, you know, you're basically your your vacation is officially over at that point and now you got to figure out how you're going to get home and what you're going to do and that would be just like oh but if you didn't test for it and you did have it you're potentially spreading it to everybody else regardless of how your vacation is ruined or not you definitely don't want to be spreading that to other people so i think Oh man, I don't know if 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 I had to take a test. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't stop me. It's a weird it's a weird thought. I think this would be this would be one of those things of like 
on the more uh, clearly on the most extreme side, which is everybody gets tested going in. Oh, you start getting into that weird moral area too, where it's just like, you know, I don't know, man. I guess for me, the idea is that it doesn't make me uh, less likely to go if they're not doing uh, testing, but uh, it does make me feel safe if they are doing testing. So I guess it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, if they if they were doing just at least the temperature check, for me, that's probably enough. The doing the uh, actual tests themselves does definitely make me feel more safe but it's not like if they're not doing that then you're a no-go yeah that's just a that's that's that seems yeah definitely very extreme to be testing everybody so and then the next one uh how would you feel if universal required all team members to have their temperatures taken sure fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then lastly we've seen this uh mentioned at uh at Disney parks as well, but how would you feel if Universal implemented a virtual line waiting system for all or most attractions? Sounds cool to me. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I still question how that system is going to work. And again, this is going into the um, this is going into the mechanics of the system and whatnot. But it seems like, you know, if they're limiting how many queues you can be in, it's just creating perhaps other pockets where people are going to congregate while they wait anyway. And sure, it's not going to be everybody standing single file in an enclosed area. So it's better than that, at least. But, you know, if um, if all you're doing is saying, well, you can't stay in that line and we'll just tell you on your phone when it's your turn to to come up and ride chances are like I'm just going to go to a restaurant or grab a drink or find somewhere to sit for a little amount of time. And so you're just going to have people looking to chill out. It's something that they definitely have to work out logistics for, for sure. Yeah. And they just need to have like other things for people to do, right? Because, you know, normally because you're waiting in line, it's not that big of a deal. But I mean, I definitely found on my second day of Rise of the Resistance while I was waiting and then eventually didn't even get on, there was definitely that point where I was like, well, now what do I do? Like, I've ridden everything I want to ride. Um, I'm kind of in that weird period where, you know, numbers are moving fast enough where, like, I don't want to miss my kind of window. I want to get there as soon as it opens because I don't want it to break down. Uh, but... Uh, but, you know, so I ended up waiting at like Hungry Bear for that and for maybe, you know, 45 minutes or something like that. So, like I said, it just seems like they need to have, they need, again, um, logistics clearly, but yeah, they just need to have those options of stuff to do. And maybe that's more kind of, um, you know, small little mini game attractions or, or something, but uh, they just need they need a, a waiting area or something. That's true. I mean, I was thinking about that. We were pretty busy when we were waiting for our Rise of Resistance, but I think uh, our our time to, to ride. But I think in one situation, we went back to the hotel and just waited because uh, they had broken down. So we were waiting for it to like you know come back up and i took a nap uh the other time one time we also took that time to actually like rest we were 
pretty uh, running around quite a bit all day. So we actually sat down and rested at place. So I guess technically, yes, we would be congregating elsewhere, but we were still kind of by ourselves away from other people. It was just our, our group together. We were finding places to, when we found a place to sit, but uh, yeah, I think, I think general, that's like a, that's an easier problem to solve. Like if you're already have that virtual queue in place and you have a system that works and makes sense, then like you've done the, the hardest part, right? It's just, you just kind of have to think of that one scenario, which I mean, honestly may not even be that big of a deal. It could just be me kind of thinking worst case, which tends to happen sometimes. But, uh, but so yeah, it's, it's just, it, you know, if that virtual queue is in place, I'm not too worried, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the, that's the survey. Generally, I thought at least, at least from everything that we went through, um, it was all, everything seemed totally reasonable. And if you were to tell me any of that stuff is going to be in place when Disney or Universal or any of these parks open, um, I totally would believe it. Like it's, it's all realistic stuff that could happen. Yes. And, and it also makes me feel more comfortable than the fact that they are thinking of, of stuff like this. Uh, so that, you know, when I go back, I am going to, you know, they are taking my health as a guest, uh, seriously. So, and I like the fact that they are reaching out to their, to people, you know, to see how things you know, basically, you know, testing the waters to see what the public will be uh, up for. Although it does kind of concern me that this is stuff that's going out to potentially people who are just in the Florida area, because while um, Orlando may be, um, you know, I mean, uh, I imagine uh, the annual pass holders are probably going to be more, florida residents the park is definitely like you know i'm sure it gets uh international uh guests on whole and if you've seen recently how uh florida florida residents acted when they potentially when they even talked about like opening the beaches and stuff recently yeah. uh it does concern me how they would answer a lot of those questions <laughs> i get exactly what you're what you're saying and where you're coming from my guess is that this is a data point that they're going to use to help inform them and so i would not be so surprised if you know, if they haven't done so already, if if recent guests or guests within the last year that are on their mailing list also receive an email survey um, with very similar questions, and then it would be a much wider kind of a net. I think it I think it makes it makes sense from their perspective to hit their kind of biggest fans and the people that they know um, are their kind of ride or dies. Uh, to hit them first and then kind of expand out from there. But yeah, I mean, it's it. they're going to need a lot of different data points from a lot of different types of park goers before they can feel confident in any kind of survey that they're conducting, right? Yeah, for sure. I guess technically it does kind of make sense that if, if they're going to probably balk at the more extreme of these things, so they're kind of seeing where... Maybe they're pushing too far, but where 
at least they feel safe at. And I guess you can kind of kind of take a gauge from that or this is where they land on that on that uh, spectrum and then we kind of like you know adjust somewhere in between so yeah yeah well and 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 just like what we were saying like all of this stuff sounds like it's doable and is generally reasonable. And honestly, I mean, it's all in line with what Iger was talking about in that recent interview that he did last week, where he was talking about, um, you know, methods that they're contemplating at the resort. Uh, so, I, I mean, I expect that this is, if if not in a survey, these are at least all options that Disney and SeaWorld and Legoland and all other theme parks are contemplating. And... It's, you know, whatever, whatever the first one out the gate is, and it might be Disney because they're the biggest, I, I imagine much like the closures, everyone's just going to follow suit. Yeah. Plus I think, uh, I think they, uh, universals is got to put certain things in place that Disney has already got in place, like the virtual queues and whatnot. So they have to, they have a bit more to, they have to jump on. Well, we'll see what uh, where we end up with, but it seems like we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely this is stuff that you know I definitely expected them to go through. If anything, it's kind of a little bit slower going out than I expected, but definitely stuff I expect that they're definitely working hard on to figure out. You know what. What does it look like? You know, I guess since also, I mean, regardless of what states implement, um, you know, uh, the government or the states implement as far as what reopening the country looks like, uh, these theme parks have to have to think on a global scale because they aren't just, you know, state oriented. They're they are a global like experience for people so they have to really like consider like on a a much bigger scale plus they have a lot more to lose if if things don't quite work out you know if some somebody gets sick you know it only takes one to really like throw a big monkey wrench in the, the whole thing well, and, you know, uh, another thing to go back to that Iger interview that he conducted, a big part of what he talked about was confidence. And so, you know, the the guest confidence needs to be there that they're going to go, that they're going to be able to go to the parks and be totally fine and totally healthy. And it's going to be uh, a, 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 a hygienic experience. And so, you know, to that point, it doesn't do anybody good, least of all Disney, if, you know, they open up the parks um, and they're spending tons of money on, on you know, these procedures and they're spending tons of money just on staff again and, and everything else that normally goes into just day-to-day operations and nobody shows up. So, uh, you know, it, 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 to your point, um, regardless of where any of the states are, the, the guest confidence needs to be there or else it's not doing Disney any good to have open parks. I like some of the stuff. Definitely, I like a lot of the stuff that they were talking that, that they questioned. So, yep, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. 
As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been episode 12 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, stay healthy, big guy. You too, man. Bye. Bye.